You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. Christian Babcock here of the Hunters Advantage podcast. Today in episode 75, we were joined by Chase Stalker of Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is one of those companies that's near and dear to my heart because they're based in Oklahoma, actually up in Northern Oklahoma, which is my home state. All their products are American made, all 100% produced right there in Enid, Oklahoma. I love the products that they make. Today with Chase, we talked about hunting a velvet buck in October in Oklahoma and actually harvesting it. We talked about some new out on a limb products and as well as shared some other hunting stories about some Western hunting and talking about hunting in Nebraska. I think you guys will enjoy this episode and let's get into it. Well, everybody that's uh, watching, listening, subscribing, thanks for coming back to Hunter's Advantage Podcast, episode number 75. Today, we're joined by Chase Stalker of Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Thanks for joining me, man. How's it going? It's going good, man. That's good. It's going good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We've had Matt on the, or I had Matt on the podcast literally when I started it, like, I think it was like almost three years ago. Yeah, I remember and that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's about time we got you on here to oh, yeah. talk some stuff. Heck yeah. You guys just uh, just came off ATA. You're in the middle of show season right now, aren't you? Yeah, we are. We're getting ready. Actually, Matt flies out Wednesday to Harrisburg. He'll be up there for the Great American Outdoor Show. Um, I think until the until Sunday, so he'll be there last weekend, and then um, the the fifteenth we'll leave for for Nashville. I think I think that's the date. So yeah, we're getting we're right in the thick of it now. That's cool. Pretty so fun. we've got a. We obviously use a lot of out on, out, on, out on a limb products in our YouTube videos. We talk about it on the podcast sometimes, but for maybe listeners that aren't familiar with you guys, I don't know how they wouldn't be at this point. But for those that aren't, kind of what do you guys what do you guys make? What's your specialty as far as products that you guys make? Man, we came onto the scene in twenty the beginning of twenty fifteen. I guess you could say was our opening month, January fifteen, and we came in as a company that was specializing in adaptable tree stands, uh, specifically a lock on that you could hang um, on any kind of limb, forward, back, leaning. For you're you hunt in Southern Oklahoma. Here in mm -hmm. Oklahoma, I mean, we don't have straight trees, so you know we kind of cater specifically to the to the crooked tree crowd, and then. Um, once we kind of saw the the industry changing and kind of moving into that more mobile hunters, you know, way of doing things, that's when we've transitioned. And now I would say that our specialty is no doubt is just mobile hunting. Um, that's really where we've kind of shown our teeth and really kind of, you know, done well, I guess you could say. I mean, and by mobile hunting, that's a couple different things, right? Like that's saddle platforms yeah, as well as hang on yeah. tree yep, stands. Small hang ons, really public land guys, you know, the guys that are moving a bunch, uh, public land guys too, or private land guys too, but public land guys, you know, moving around a bunch, lightweight, uh, really mobile gear. Um, that's what we specialize in. Really easy to use. I think you can attest to that. So, yeah. No, yeah. I had the, uh, I had you guys ship me out a podium. Yeah. And, 
I used that uh I used that thing like first week I got in, I hung it on a pole mm-hmm. um and in my backyard, got in it and killed a buck out of it in three days. Yeah, yeah I two, two three days. <laughs> and cool. never hunting out of a saddle. Dude, it was crazy because Matt had been telling me for like two years, he's like, Yeah, you need to get into the saddle stuff. Every time I'd buy a hang on, he's like, You need to get into the saddle stuff. And I'm yeah. like, Yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Well, I finally one of my buddies let me try it while we were down there hunting in Southeast Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm buying a saddle this week. I texted Matt. I was like, what platform can you get me like this week? And yeah. he's like, I can get you a podium. I was like, all right, cool. So Thank you, man, for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it was so awesome. It was crazy because I'd hunted in a hang on. You're talking about public land. I'd done that for, for years and it's been, it's been fine. It's great. I love hunting out a hang on, but um, if you're hanging, if you're hunting out of the same tree, I just don't like hanging them often, but right. yeah, the absolutely. saddle was, so easy. I actually shot a buck literally with my tethered all the way out, like knees up in my chest, leaning down, drinking a Red Bull and shot a buck. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a believer in the saddle right there. Do oh, you yeah. hunt out of a saddle quite a bit? Yeah, I, man. I, uh, the first year we got into it, I, I didn't really take that jump all the way. I was still using our hang-ons and, uh, this two seasons ago is really when I kind of got into it. Now I, I hunt a lot of private, but it's still, I still like use it to my advantage. You know, it gives me the opportunity if I want to move like that, you know, if I want to move quick, uh, wind changes, it's really easy. Um, it's allowed me to get, you know, like we come back to the, the crooked tree and short tree thing. It's hard to get into a lot of trees. It's allowed me to get and do some trees that I wouldn't originally have been able to get into, you know, and put me in some positions that have really helped me be successful. So, I mean, there's, it's just so, there's so much to it. So do you guys, do you guys have a lot of cottonwoods up? Up yeah, we do. We do. How do you get uh? How do you get like, uh, like sticks around a cottonwood? What Man. is your, what's your solution to that? <laughs> I do not. I've got some some of my uh, some of our TS ones, our original stand. I have in some cottonwoods. I'll be honest with you. I do not have climbing sticks on those. I have those screw in Ameris steps. Um, that's man. That, you know how those cottonwoods are. That bark yeah. is so loose and dangerous. I I wouldn't put a. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust it. So I use. Yeah, I just I got the screw in steps on those ones, but. Well, some of them are like eight foot around. Yeah. One of my, one of my buddies, uh, Jake Ayers was telling me, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get two straps and like tie them together. I was like, dude, if a tree isn't big enough for me to put my freaking arms around, no way I'm putting a stick on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those cottonwoods get giant, especially on the river bottom. You know, they're, they're huge. Yeah. That's cool. So what did you guys end up releasing to ATA? I was obviously up to date with all the announcements, but for, for the listener, what did you guys, what was new at ATA for you guys? We released the Ridge Runner 2.0, which instead of that, uh, like the podium, like you have, instead of that camming um, uh, piece of channel, we have a post now. Um, so that was different. So we call it the Ridge Runner 2.0. Uh, we released a new cellular arm for filming with your cell phone. It's all one piece. It's not two pieces, real light. Um, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty, pretty good for the guys that are just wanting to film with their phones. And, um, we've got some other things we haven't, we didn't get to release that we're still kind of tweaking on, but there's some, there's some more things coming that are pretty exciting. What was the rationale behind the, the Ridge Runner 2.0? Is it just bites better than a, than the regular one cams better? I mean, what's the, what's the yeah, idea? And it was kind of, we, we like to listen to our customers, you know, we like to listen to the guys that, especially, I mean, we've only been in this thing for seven years now, but there's guys that have been in there for a long time and there's guys that have been saddle hunting for a long time. Right. More so than what, you know, it's being advertised right now. And so we kind of like just listen to people and everyone was just told us like, man, if you could put a post on that, we think, yeah, it could, it could be really solid and maybe, you know, it could 
be a really beneficial platform. And so we just kind of listen to everybody, listen to some advice, and that's what we did. And I think it's going to be a pretty good one. So the top of it almost looks like a shikar, like a half of a shikar. Is that yeah. is so it the same have- teeth? on on the shikar as on the ridge runner 2.0 it's actually yeah it's the same teeth it's a new it's a new part that we've come out with but yeah essentially the same thing yeah yeah because i've had i've showed buddies the just people that use all kinds of different sticks those sticks and Mm. how they bite on the tree and there's not a stick that bites better on the (laughs) tree than those man i'm trying to like get them off the tree half the time (laughs) like that's my main problem not getting them to bite Oh yeah, one of our main selling points when we go to trade shows and whatnot is I can take that stick and I can just slam it against the tree and take my hand off, no strap, and it'll sit there. You know, it's it'll bite. I actually love doing that when I have a uh, when I'm hanging off the tree with mm-hmm. my lineman's belt. I'm just like smack. Yep. Get it on there. Yep. Sticks right to it. Sure enough. I think the the cellular arm is uh, for the cell phone is pretty cool. I mean, I was talking to uh, I was talking to one of a younger guy. I think he's 17. He's trying to get into film and hunts and he was sending me all these camcorders and stuff. Three, four, $500 camcorders. I was like, dude, what iPhone do you have? And he was like, yeah. I got the iPhone 12. And I'm like, you realize your iPhone shoots in 4k, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. you have a $1,500 phone. Yeah. You should just buy a camera arm and, and shoot with your phone. Like, exactly. Everybody's Those phones are so good these days. Oh yeah. Every, every year they get so much better. And so that, I think that's coming. We, I'm, we know some guys that do a lot of editing and they say that, you know, like, half their stuff is from their iPhone. And so there's a lot of good stuff you can do with that phone. Or yeah. I, know those, I know those Androids are great. I think they're even better than iPhones. I don't have one, but I've heard they're pretty good. No, they, they really are. I know there's some phones that can shoot like 8k now. Yeah. And it's nuts. My phone, my phone does 4k. Like I left my camera when on our last uh, public land hunt in January, I left my camera and I was like, no biggie. I literally have a $1,500 camera right here. And I filmed, I filmed Jake, uh, with my phone. I was like, I can make a better video on this phone than I could the first four cameras that I bought. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. So what's the, what's the cellular arm? Is it, is it a two piece? Is it three on the, on the actual pieces? It's a three arm. Yep. Three arm piece. Uh, I think, I wish I had one here. I think the reach on it is, uh, I want to say that it's, gosh, I want to say it's like around 15 inches. Don't, don't quote me on that, but it's about that. And yeah, it's three piece arm, real simple, real lightweight, real smooth too. I'm very impressed. Matt's been working his butt off on that. I don't know if you see it on the Facebook or Instagram, but he's been doing a lot of machining. And he's been is that what on. he was making today? I yes, saw him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what he's been working on. It's been, he's been doing, he's been doing pretty good at it. So he likes that thing. I think we're gonna have some cool products come from it. So is the is the actual fluid head on it basically like what you would have in your car that kind of grips on either side of the yeah, phone? Yep, I think so. Yep. Yep, That's it pretty just neat. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be a really handy deal. I think guys really like it for sure. So I don't think I've ever asked you though, how did you get hooked up with out on a limb and, and Matt? I don't think I've ever got the backstory there. I've kind of just Uh-oh. always been there. Man, I have so I, I've been hunting. I've been I've been I've loved to deer hunt since I was a little kid. You know, I grew up doing it and whatnot. And uh, we went to I went to a small school here north of Vienna called Chisholm. Actually, I think you may know some people that went there too. But uh, um, just small, kind of like small town vibe. We live here in Enid, decently sized town, but the Chisholm was small town vibe, and everyone kind of knew that you know I hunted and I had some buddies that hunted and whatnot. And so I had I had um, graduated high school, had my first job outside of high school working. And Matt calls me and um, he had just come up with a prototype for a deer stand and it was the TS1. And he wanted me to come look at it. He knew that like I had hunted and been around it and whatnot. And so I came and looked at it 
And uh, I thought it was really sweet staying, you know, and whatnot. And a week later, he gives me a phone call and he's like, hey, I'm going to a trade show with me. Do you want to go? I'm like, sure. Yeah, where's that? He says, it's the ATA show in Indianapolis. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in there. I'm guaranteed I'm going. So I, I called my boss. Hey, I won't be at work next week. I've got something going on. And uh, I'm pretty sure he was uh, ready to fire me. Go to the show. We have a really good show. Everyone recept everyone loved that stand and whatnot. So on the way home, uh Matt offered me a job working here. And I started out assembling, sweeping the floor, doing all that kind of stuff. And seven years later, here we are. So it's been a it's been an awesome ride. It's been it's been a blessing and it's been an absolute privilege, honestly. I I, I wouldn't change it. I love this industry and I love the people in it. A lot of good people. So for for people that are listening, what are what's your role now? I know you said you start started in the shop. What what are you doing now for the business? Man, a little bit of everything. I uh, vendor re, vendor relations, customer relations, shipping product, um, answer all the emails, phone calls, any order changes, order updates. You know, we're we're small. I mean, we're seven years into it, but we're still you know a four man show, real small. We've got a welder, we've got the office guy, we've got the brains, Matt, and then we have a a, a sewer. Uh, a similar guy and so we kind of wear a lot of different hats really all of us but that's where i'm at now so just a swiss army knife marketing yeah, bit, all that stuff bit, yeah yeah you have to man it's been cool to to see you guys grow just having a few few products to you guys have an entire mobile hunting line now oh, i yeah. mean so I many different sticks yeah. different podium stands like i don't know how you keep it all straight I, i'd be getting it backwards <laughs> all the time but it's yeah, it's pretty cool yeah, it's been cool. You've been even since when I came and visited for the first time, which I think was in 2019, is it's been a wild ride for you guys. And oh yeah. It's been pretty awesome to see. It's been a lot of fun, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I never would have thought when we started out with just one product to TS1, if you would have said seven years from now, you would have I think we're I think we're at 30 plus products now. So if you had told me we had an entire, you know, product line, I would have been uh, I've been pretty amazed. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about too is you had a crazy uh, experience with shooting a velvet deer in Oklahoma, which yeah. I, I thought you were like out of state when when I saw that you shot that buck. What's the story behind that? I, I, I've been dying to know. <laughs> Man, that was a cool experience. I, I, I even in my post I said that you know I always thought that my I would have to travel. Although first of all, I always wanted to hunt in September because it's my birthday. I always wanted to deer hunt on my birthday, so I was like. I'm going to, I want to kill a velvet deer. I'm going to travel sometime. And I ended up, I went to Nebraska this year, hunted early season. Uh, didn't see much, a lot of pressure, but, um, so rewind back to last season, um, back in August, I'm starting getting a picture of a buck that I've kind of labeled as my number one. It's really easy to tell apart. He's got a rip in his ear. So I nicknamed him rip. And he's just got a big old tear in his left ear, I believe is what it is. And so, um, I'm getting pictures of him pretty consistently. And then uh, closer to September, I start noticing that he looks a little sick. Like he doesn't look good. I can't tell if it's just his age or what's going on, but he's kind of like his body's really getting really bony and doesn't look, doesn't look good. Well, his sheds is velvet and I don't ever see him again. Well, I get pictures of him probably middle of October, but I'm still hunting. That's still my number one deer. I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Just, you know, when I, once I get one, that's kind of the one I'm going after. You know what I mean? And so um, I think it's 
the first weekend of rifle, he shows back up and he looks awful. Well, I get a picture of him on Thanksgiving and he's and he's antlerless. There's a, he comes in and he's got no antlers and it's a split ear. I'm like, plan his day, that's ripped. He's got no antlers. And I was pretty bummed about that. And uh, sure enough, the neighbor finds his shed and then uh, finds his other shed like a week later. So he has his complete set, you know, before December even hits. So anyways, now fast forward to this year. I think it was August again. I'm getting pictures of him. Well, this year he looks a lot better. He recovered somehow. He looks really healthy. Um, I thought he, I honestly thought, cause we had that really cold winter, you know, in February, mm-hmm. we had that really cold snap, like record low. And I really thought that he wasn't going to make it. I was kind of, kind of, I was hoping he would, but I didn't think he was going to. And then, so fast forward to, I think August, I started getting pictures of him again. He's full velvet. He's about the same size antler wise, probably at 140 and uh, eight point. And, um, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that, but, uh, yeah, so he comes back and he's looking good. And then um, it's like September 30th rolls around and I get a phone call from a guy that hunts nearby who has some uh, a buddy this farmer runs cattle on the property next to me and said, hey, you know, that deer with the writ with the tear in his ear, he's still in full velvet. And it's September 30th. I'm like, are you sure? Like, are you sure that this guy saw what he saw? He's like, yeah, 100% this deer is full velvet. And I was like, OK, so now kind of had me a little fired up, you know? And so, um, not getting anything on camera. I I think I had him one time middle of the night and then, um, October, I want to say seventh. It, we have a pretty good cold front, a little high pressure system, like mid, like right about 60 degrees. And that's pretty good cold front for early season, Oklahoma, you know, and it gets him on his feet and I have him sure enough, right at, right at last light. I'm like, okay, next time, you know, we have a good front come in. I'm going to get in there and see if I can't get on him. Well, October 14th rolls around. We have a good cold front come in. Sure enough, about 62, 63 degrees. He comes in there right before the end of daylight. And I was able to put my, put my arrow through him and get him back to pick up. But that was, that was cool. I never, I never would have thought, man, I, my, uh, that property that I, I shot him on, my grandpa bought that in the fifties. And they have hunt. My family's hunted that forever. You know, that's never been. No one's ever seen a velvet deer. And I always thought that I'd have to go somewhere else to shoot a velvet buck. You know, that's like a two hundred inch deer to me. You know, a velvet. Yeah. Inch, that's that's awesome. And so for that to happen on you know the property that I grew up on, and you know have so many memories with my grandpa, and my dad, and my uncle. It was it was a pretty surreal moment. It was it was pretty awesome. I was I'm still I'm still pretty pretty pumped about that whole deal. I'm excited yeah. to get it back. It's pretty sentimental too. I mean, oh, absolutely. What did you, did you have to do anything to preserve the velvet? No, I did not. I, as soon as I shot him the next morning, it got pretty, pretty chilly that night. So I wasn't too worried about, but that next morning I called my uh, taxidermist and told him this is what happened. This is what I got. Um, he said that I didn't keep him out that night. I kept him out the next morning. He said I just need to keep him out and get him in the, get him in the freezer immediately. And I did that. And, he said he, he had a whole plan, what he was going to do. Something, I don't know too much about it, but something like uh, they mark X's in the tips of each antler, and then he'll inject it with something, hang it upside down, and let it dry. And he's got a whole process, and he knows what he's doing. We got a pretty good taxidermist here. so hmm. Yeah, because I thought I've heard people, like, if they don't, if they can't get it to a taxidermist quick, they have to, like, spray it with something so it doesn't start to, like, come off. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't experience that. And, you know, what was weird is that this was kind of a different scenario being that he was and i forgot to go back to what was wrong with him but um 
when I was cleaning him that night, uh, we were all wondering what was wrong with him. Well, I go down there to clean him, and uh, sure enough, like his uh, his male organs were just nothing, like loose skin, like your earlobe, you know, like there was nothing working down there. And so I'm guessing it was just, you know, lack of testosterone. So I don't know if he ever would have shed his his velvet that year or last mm. season. You know, I don't – he might have carried it all the way. And so, I don't know, interesting deal. It's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's cool that when they're about to – to die like they'll lose their horns because just yeah. like as a way they don't need any nutrients going to anything else but their body that's like a yeah. that's freaking cool that they can do that it is yeah it's interesting they're, they're awesome animals man when you really when you really sit back and kind of watch them and like know you know like the way they just do things the way they act and interact with each other they're they're pretty awesome animals i don't think they get enough credit for how smart they are either and so they're so resilient too i mean yeah. i've got a I've got a buddy who has done the North American big game super slam with his bow. Okay. And I was, uh, so 29 North American big game animals. I was like, what's the, what's the toughest, you know, animal? Is it a bear? Is it a caribou? And he's like, Oh, it's, it's a whitetail. No doubt. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I've, I've noticed that just shooting deer with my bow. It's like, dude, the will to live, the resilience. I've shot antelope, dude, they'll run 10 yards. and like, I'm done. Like, even if you shoot them in the guts, they'll just lay down like a deer you can watch one run off a mile after you freaking heart punch. It's just stupid how, how resilient they are. It's, it's, they're an amazing animal. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So, um, did you guys get out West this, this season too? No, Matt did. Matt went out to Colorado. I did not make it this year. Nope. I stayed home. He he was in them though, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I, from what I could, from what he said and the other guy, they, they did get into him. No one got to pull back on anything though, but they did get into the elk. So, so tell yeah. me a go ahead. Sorry. Good. No, that's fine. Tell me about the uh the season before, I guess it'd be twenty twenty when or twenty yeah, twenty twenty when you, you got to go out west. It sounded yeah, like you yeah. had a you had a pretty good hunt. Yeah, I did. That was that was pretty awesome, man. That was from coming from a kid from Oklahoma who just, you know, has hunted whitetail all his life and always just dreamed of going and hunting an elk, you know, let alone hunting in the mountains. Hunting in a different state was always like such a a far-fetched idea it seemed like when i was a little kid and opportunity to go do that was amazing but yeah we went out to colorado northern colorado and um went elk hunting uh, opening morning got on to like a dozen bulls at about 80 yards immediately first morning first light they're already there and it was heart thumping scenario and uh that was cool did not get to pull back on anything that on that season but or that that trip but man that was awesome did i did uh i think the third day we had covered a lot of ground and uh, we had stopped and we kind of got down to like a little low side on the mountain, some shaded area and stopped to get a drink. And we're sitting there and we're sitting on a log and everyone's just kind of like, we're tired. We're beat, you know, been hiking through the, the stuff all day. And I like look down and I mean, not even three feet in front of me is like an old, old grown over trench. Like water had ran through there one time and now the grass was just laid over. But, down there in that trench, I could see like a little tine sticking up. I was like, what the heck is that? I said, Adam, look at that. And that's our website guy. And he looks down and I pick it up and it's a mule deer. It's a 185 inch mule deer. He's got twin flyers on both twos. He's got matching kickers on both threes. Just an absolute freak of a mule deer. And so that was my, that was it. I, that's all I needed. Like I didn't have to, sh- I'd have to shoot an elk or anything like that. That mule deer was cool enough trophy to bring home that, Made it work, make the trip the whole worth it. You know, 
It was cool. That thing was 185? It was 185, yeah. We came home and scored it and went 185. It yeah. looked big. I was going to say like 160s. That thing is – that's massive. Yeah, it's a stud. I was – it's cool. And I've never like held a mule deer rack in my hands, you know, so that was my first one. And it was just like, man, this is – it was sweet, especially on public land, your first time. I couldn't – it's on my wall now, obviously. You know, I had to, I had to hang it up somewhere. That thing was yeah. cool. But, yeah. Did you guys go over the counter? Yes, we did. Yep. Yep. That's pretty counter. cool. Yeah. Did uh? So you went in September? Yeah, September. I think September fifth through the tenth is how long we were there. Yeah. Did you guys get to hear any bugling while you were there? I did not. That's what I was really looking forward to. I just wanted to hear a bugling. I did not hear any bugling. Nope, I did not. I was pretty unfortunate. We went in 2019, and we went like the opening day, like September first, and. Yeah. Then I started checking my phone and all the elk guys I follow like, yeah, they should start bugling, you know, in the next like week. And I'm like, I'm going to be gone in a week. This yeah, sucks. Like, I, know. I didn't hear a single bugle when we went out there. I mean, we saw some driving around on the road, but yeah, Colorado is interesting because I kind of treat it like Oklahoma with as far as the public system. Like it's such a good state to hunt elk, but like mm -hmm. there's so many people that can hunt it because it's over oh, the it counter. Is. And I've, I've heard yeah. it's just overrun with people now. Oh man, yeah. Because if you like from here in Enid, you know we we run up north I thirty five and then hit uh, what's that highway that runs east and west there in Kansas? Call it's the, the main highway. Like four hours. Yeah, yeah. The, the main highway there. Oh my gosh! As soon as you get up to, I think our I think we hit Russell, Kansas, and then hit that main highway and head west to Denver. That that opening opening day, that freaking that highway was loaded down with hunters. I mean, you could tell just pickups with trailers, pickups with cabs. Every, I mean, just going down that place. So yeah, you get there and people are pulling on the side everywhere. Everyone's glassing everywhere. That place gets a lot of feet, a lot of feet. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I mean, we ended up going hiking in three or four miles and we're like hey we're still on a four-wheeler trail we haven't even got off like the main road yet this freaking yeah. sucks did you yeah. guys do the did you guys pack in and camp actually in the ground or do you have like a base camp the first night we can we actually uh matt took his t-rex so we took it was a place where you could you could take the you could stay on the trail but once you got to a certain point it was you know foot traffic only and so he took the t-rex up and then we from there we packed in I don't know, maybe a mile and a half and camped and hunted there the first day. And then, um, <laughs> funny story. Uh, so we were in a burn ban that when it was happening, you know, they haven't been getting much moisture up there, but we were in a burn ban, so we couldn't have any fires. Well, you know, up there in the mountains, but it gets cold now at night, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. when there's no fire. Well, we had the boss man and he didn't, he didn't take to the cold very much. So that, that second, third and fourth night, he had us a hotel down in the, <laughs> down in town so we kind of we we kind of cheated we uh we would go hunting all day and come back and stay in the hotel and get a good meal so that wasn't too bad but the first night camping was cool that was awesome i would i would love to do that again i'd like to do it for like an extended period of time like a yeah. seven to ten day trip i mean yeah we camped out there for a few nights but dude it would range from like 90 degrees during the day and yeah. it was like I want to say thirties at night and yep. it felt colder than that. The mountain thirties yep. feel colder. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's a swing. It feels like Oklahoma just on a normal day, you know, that yeah. 50 degree swing. Yeah. You're hiking around the middle of the day and you've got a sunburn and you're wearing t-shirt you're, you know, you're, you're sweating your butt off. And then before you know it, you've got three layers on and you're shivering in your, in your, uh, your sleeping bag. So, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Are you going to uh, like 
are you going to apply for any preference points? Are you going to try to do over the counter elk again anytime soon? I'm going to keep, I'm going to try to do that over the counter. I want to, I want to get that done first before I start putting in points anywhere else. But I'm really, I don't know. Once I kind of, once something beats me, I really want to beat it back. You know what I mean? And I got beat. So I'm, I'm ready to get back after him. Yeah, no, I definitely like to go back and, and, and do it again. It's a, it's a challenging hunt. Like the 10% success rate yep. in Colorado, which is yep. like, it's low, but yeah. it's, it's not, I mean, I know I have no people from Vanita that have both of them have went and killed a bull in a single time. I'm like, they can do it. Why can't I kill one? Oh yeah. Same thing. Like with a public land deer, you know, I guess if you go enough times, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, just yeah. like, you can't, you can't scout it for me. That's the, that's the part that sucks is right. like, you, you drive all the way there for the weekend, eight or nine hour drive to the Southern tip of Colorado, not even the Northern and you can't even scout it, but for a few hours till you got to come home, exactly. you gotta like take time off just to scout. Oh yeah. And it takes you, it takes you a few hours just to hike into where you're going to be doing your scouting usually, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to do. It's tough to do, but it can be done. Like last year when we went that opening morning, Matt had a Matt, they, they think it was like a two fifty. Matt had a two fifty at 10 yards facing. Oh. He, he didn't take the shot. I don't, I don't know what happened there, but. I mean, it, it can happen for sure. What is he shooting mechanicals? Why didn't he take the shot? I don't. I don't know what happened. I I want to say that, and, and credit to him, I think he did. He didn't feel like it was very ethical. So credit Fair to play. him for taking the shot. He wasn't comfortable with it, but I think it was something along those lines. But yeah, he had one in his face. I say selfishly, like the the more effort I've spent, it seems like my ethicalness goes down, which is terrible mm-hmm. as a bow hunter. But it's like I think about all the money I've spent, all the time I've spent. Oh yeah, that's not the right thing to do with an animal, but I I, I applaud him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like that, you know, it that was ten seconds with a bull in his face, and he hasn't had one that close since. You know what I mean? So sometimes it just comes down to you know that one little that one little opportunity you get one in two years. You know? Yeah. Did or what were you guys hunting in Nebraska? Were you hunting muley? We were. We started out hunting mule deer, but I told myself that if I if I found a whitetail that suited my eye, that I would definitely go after it. I've never shot one over out of state, so that was, yeah, that was the plan. What uh, you guys were doing early season archery? Yep, we went down the weird there opening day. Yeah, we opened up. Uh, we were there opening morning. Um, hunted a southern part. We hunted a more whitetail country this the first night. Kind of got up, got off work, drove up there. Just in time to get in the stand, hunted a more uh, more whitetail property kind of looking deal, and then the next morning woke up and headed to just south. I don't know if you know where Valentine is. Valentine's a pretty notorious mule deer um, place, and we hunted just about an hour and a half south of there, and um, saw some mule deer, saw some whitetail. But man, that that's another place that gets a lot of attention that time of year. You know, cause it's over the counter. It's September. Everyone wants to go kill mule deer. That place gets it gets a lot of feet traffic too. So yeah, we did it. We did the, we did the late season mule deer muzzleloader in Nebraska. We were hunting over, uh, I guess it'd be McKelvey. Is that what it's called? Um, I think that's, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Right up. It's, it's like 30 minutes from Valentine. It's like a hundred thousand acre national grassland. Okay. Yeah. 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 We were thinking, okay, there might be a lot of people with the the opening day muzzleloader, but, um, we're like, oh, there's a hundred thousand acres acres, but we got up there and there's like out of that hundred thousand acres, there's probably only six to eight places to pull in to get mm-hmm. off the main road. And it was like it was like lines going through a drive through to get <laughs> yeah. to get up there. Like there's so many people. And we ended up stopping and talking to a biologist up in Valentine. And we we're like, what, what can you tell us about McKelvey? And he's like, 
I can tell you that we checked in 200 people with rifles opening day. And in November, I was like, really? Like, there's only eight roads that go through that whole place. You know, you divide it up like it's 25 people a road. Yeah. And he was like, dude, it's shot out to hell. He's like, it's it's crazy. And I'm (laughs) like, okay, so this is the Colorado of mule for mule. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Did you guys have any opportunities at at muleys? No, did not. Nothing. Um, um, I think our closest encounter had been a whitetail at 50 yards. But other than that, no, we didn't. Um, we had a, we had, we got some pretty good Intel one of the days from a grouse hunter. That was one thing we, you know, you get to meet some pretty cool people, you know, when you're doing that. And so we had met a Minnesota guy who was down there grouse hunting and he had, um, he had hunted a water hole or went to water hole the night before we got some good Intel and some pretty good mule deer bucks that came in and got a drink while he was sitting over there. And we kind of, it was real hot too. I think it was like 105 the last day we were oh there. Oh my God. Yeah. So we went and sat on that water hole thinking that something would come in and, no, no, but a lot of pressure, a lot of guys, a lot of bird hunters too. That was a thing that we were kind of competing with a lot was bird hunters. So for just grouse or dove yeah. or what? Yeah. Grouse and dove. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I met a, I met a couple of Minnesota guys up there and I love my Minnesota guys. So anyone that's listening, <laughs> uh, I'm not hating on Minnesota guys, but there was a legit language barrier yeah, between us really, and them. No like, kidding. They, they talk like, you know, people doing a funny Minnesota accent. That's exactly how they talk. Yep. No doubt. Oh yeah. It's pretty awesome. My uncle was like, dude, I just want to invite them to camp and just have them tell stories. (laughs) (laughs) Like just their favorite stories. Those in Wisconsin guys. I love Wisconsin guys. They've got that. They've got that accent too, which is, which is funny. We, uh, speaking of accents, we went to Wisconsin, um, probably three years ago and I had walked in there to check us in and I said, she asked me where I was what company I was with. And I said, I don't live manufacturing. And she did not understand a word I was saying. I, and I kept kind of pronunciating it. She, oh, I get it now. She's like, oh, it's your accent. I'm like, what are you talking about, lady? Like your, your accent is something that I can't, you know, I can't wrap my mind around. So I don't know. It's funny. They probably think of us the same way. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I lived in DC for a summer and they were like, immediately everyone was like, where are you from? And I was like, I do not have a thick accent. There's no <laughs> way. They're like, Oh no, you're, you're like, you sound like way from the South. I was really? like, seriously. Huh. And they were like, Oh yeah. It kind of, it threw me off. That's funny. Huh. Yeah. That's, I was excited about Nebraska too, because we, uh, I was like, if we can't get a muley, we know how to hunt whitetail. Like oh, I yeah. can get into some whitetail. And there's a lot of little tracks of land that have like, some good creek bottoms going through them, running yep. to like some private ag, but it was still tough. It seemed like seemed like a lot of those places got foot traffic too for for whitetail. Yeah, it seemed. Uh, we used on X and we found some pretty small little some pretty small little spots that look like I mean you know just aerial map look great for whitetail. And um, actually, on our our last our night coming home, we stopped in got an evening hunt in the southern part of nebraska and we got into a spot that i've been telling my buddies that we need to get back over there because it i mean it looked great great creek bottom great ag field didn't look like much people had been using it but um we found that the mosquitoes man the mosquitoes were so bad i cannot believe i've never hunted that early in the season you know but the mosquitoes Mm -hmm. just ran us out of there it was nuts especially along, along that creek bottom it was it was something else well, it's basically summer in September. It it's freaking yeah. hot oh, yeah. all of October it's in Oklahoma, perfect. anyways. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. It felt like it. it was hotter. It was hotter than hell up there. Yeah, that's 
Uh, Nebraska was fun. Do you hunt a, do you, are you a turkey hunter at all? Man, yes and no. I don't really, it's yeah. never really fired me up. I've shot my yeah. turkeys, you know, but it doesn't, it just doesn't fire me up like whitetail do. And honestly, you know, I'd rather be shed hunting than turkey hunting, but they kind of, sometimes they go in together. I just asked because when we were in Nebraska, dude, we couldn't buy to look at a deer on the side of the road. But, dude, there were so many turkeys, Merriam's, oh, yeah. all it's over crazy. the place. Yeah, they've got great numbers for turkeys. It's nuts. I couldn't believe that either. We saw a bunch of turkeys, a bunch of turkeys. I watched, like, probably 100 in a big winter flock uh, out on, a, like, a private cornfield. And I was like, this is awesome. And you can get a, a fall turkey tag as a non-resident, too. And yeah. I was my uncle was joking about bringing a shotgun. He's like, no, we'll get up there and see a bunch of turkeys now, dude. I I had them within shotgun range too. It's really, yeah. 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 That's good eating. I, I do love wild turkey, man. That, those are, that's some good eating right there. It's hard to let them walk anytime. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what, uh, are you guys, uh, getting any sheds down right now in Oklahoma or are they still hanging on to them pretty good? My buddy, I just got on the phone with him earlier, went and pulled some cameras off some public. When he was walking out, he picked up a spike shed, a little fresh. He said the pedicle was still bloody on it. And I've been looking. I've got some cell cameras still running. I've just in that – when that – we had that pretty good snow mm-hmm. um, last week. As soon as that hit, I had a few bucks pop up. I could tell they had some – you know, they had lost. But I've still got majority holding. Majority of my bucks still got both sides. There's probably two or three that have lost, so – they're starting to fall. What cell cams are you running? I've got a wise eye. I've got a spy point and I've got a tact cam. I'm using three different ones right now. What do you think of the tactic cam? The tactic cam is good. When I first used it, it was when I, when I first set it up, it worked great for me. And then I took it down for a year, put it back up and then it didn't work. And then this season, I got it, had to send it in. They sent me a new one, got it put out. Um, it did pretty good. I think it wasn't sending me all my pictures is the only thing. I, I, I think I was having that problem. So um, tact cam, it was okay. It was good for the price. I mean, you you can't really beat that price for a cell cam. You know? What about the spy point? The spy point was weird. So I got one of those cell links. So it connects connects to like an, uh, just a, any kind of camera. And so I bought like a, I think I bought like a $50 Moultrie camera at Academy, put that spy point on it. It is awesome. It I put it out in July and it's still sending me pictures today without changing the batteries on it. But really? It, yeah, but it, it's because it's not sending you the pictures in a timely, like when it takes it, it doesn't send it to you. It, it sends them to you in groups. Like, like I, I got some pictures at five o'clock today from 10 o'clock this morning. You know, like it sends them to you in those group so i think that really helps that battery last but it's good i like it i bought a couple of the spy point micros like as a uh, like a starter pack like two of them yep and i don't know why but they have uh, they've really sucked for really? me like the battery life like only because i set it to where i did send me pictures like once in the morning once at night because i know yeah. if they send them anytime it's like battery's gone like yeah, that yeah. but the battery lasts like three weeks Mm-hmm. And my lease is three hours away up in up near Lawton. And yeah. I'm not going to drive every three weeks, just put batteries in the oh, camera. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like after two weeks, they just quit sending me pictures at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So I got a bad taste in my mouth on cell cameras and they're like 15 bucks a month for the data plans. Yeah. I've heard really good things about the reveals. That's why I asked the tactic cams. I've had yeah. really good things about those. 
I think uh, I've got some, but I've got the old reveal, but I've got some buddies that use that new reveal X, their newest one, or I think it was their newest one last year. That I've heard some really good things about that camera. I've heard it's pretty consistent, works pretty good. I will say that Wise Eye camera I have is pretty cool. It sends me video, sends me little five second video clips, and so I put a solar panel on it, and it stays out there all the time, and it's it's great. I love that camera. That's nice. Yeah, it's been cool. It was cool during the rut to you can you know a little doe will come down the trail and here comes a buck and you can hear him grunt. That's that's pretty cool. Pretty cool video. Do you got any bucks that you're you're looking to get the sheds off of? Any any ones that made it through? But I know your your velvet one made it last year. What about this year? Yeah, I do. I've I've got a few that this is actually going to be a pretty exciting year. We uh, I'll say three years ago we had some guys move in. I had some this private property i'm hunting i only hunt a quarter 160 acres is usually i do most of my hunting but a few years ago we had some guys move in some neighbors and they shot and they shot up the bucks pretty good and uh, they lost that lease and so now i'm kind of you know three years later i'm starting to see the recovery of everything i've got some deer that i'm pretty excited for yeah no doubt I'm, i'm ready to get out there and pick up those sheds so I don't know if you saw last year, I picked up a pretty good set of sheds. Oh yeah. That was a stud. I, I was looking at those before we got on the pod. So uh, that's actually my buddy. That's my buddy's property. It's a little 80 acres private piece here, just west of being a little ways, but uh, that's my buddy's uh, place. And I found those sheds and um, he hunted that deer pretty hard this year. It was, he was, uh, he was seen by a lot of guys, but there's a lot of guys hunting. One of those kind of deer, pretty popular deer. A lot of guys know where, you know, but um, a lot of guys had seen him, but not let any eyes on him. Well, uh, he went, he went, uh, he left. We kind of turned into a ghost this last season. Well, uh, I think it was January 16th. We have a cell camera on that property. And at two o'clock, he's walking by the, he's walking by the camera. So yeah, I like to find his other set of sheds. What does he look like this year? He is well. Last year, I scored his sheds at one sixty three. Um, this year, he's exactly the same. I would, honestly, I don't even want to say he might have only put in like five inches, maybe between five or ten inches. He didn't, not a big jump, but he's a stud. I mean, he's a he's a heavy horned all the way through, all the way through his beams, even his tines. It seems like all the way through his tines, he's just a real heavy horned buck. So he's a he's a stud. Yeah, it's creeping. He's going to creep up next to that 170 mark here pretty quick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. It'll be interesting. Yeah, he he could really shoot up this next year, this next season. He could be a booner. So we'll see. Do you guys struggle to find a, a lot of properties or quarters with with timber up near Enid? I know I've done a lot of duck hunting and goose hunting up there, and it yeah. seems like it's just winter wheat for like yeah. years. It is. It is a. You've got some pockets, some small little areas here every now and then. Um, I know a lot of guys, when you get close to the rivers, we have the Cimarron River that's just about 45 minutes to our west. You can run into it. Um, we have the Salt Fork River that's just about 30 minutes to our north. Once you kind of start getting around there, you know, you start getting some timber pockets, and that's what most of us kind of like to stick to. Now, it's very hard. It is very hard to find open land. I, I know that it is tough to find leases around here just because of that. But because because the lack of timber right exactly yeah a good whitetail lease you know and then you got guys that do find it and they'll they'll sling a pretty penny at it just to just to wrap it up so well it seems like you guys have pretty good deer up there i mean yes pretty big deer they got yeah. the potential to put on some some nice racks yep yep for sure there's a lot of there's a lot of been there's been a lot of good deer killed up here recently a lot of what big deer too 
what was the buck that your one I think one of your buddies killed that had like a double main beam? Looked like yeah. pop cans for bases. Yeah, Matthew. Matthew Mills is his name. That's been Matthew's been my best buddy since we were four and we've done a lot of hunting together. But um yeah, I think that was three years ago, I think, three or four years ago, 2017 or 2018. But we had done some uh he hunts down in Kingfisher County, which is um just about 30 minutes south of here in Enid. But uh we we're doing some summer scouting. They've got some pretty good little sand hills down there. And we're doing doing some summer scouting one day in August and uh, glassed up a deer coming out of the trees that looked like it had some pretty good antler on it. And uh, about a week later, Matthew calls me. He went and pulled the card, and sure enough, he's like, "We've got a giant." And we don't really use the word giant, you know, just because it's like, is it really giant? You know, it's like we're you know usually oh we got a pretty good deer on camera. Well, he said we got a giant. And I was like, "All right, send me a picture." And sure enough, yeah, he's a double main beam on one side. Um, I think that side was like seven inch bases. Um, the other side's five inch bases because it's only got one beam. But yeah, just an absolute, absolute stud. I mean, that deer, just a giant, giant mainframe you- with a with an extra, you know, whole other antler coming off of him. Did you guys score him? Yeah, I think uh, we rough scored him at one sixty right on. But he, he looks bigger than that. He, he does look bigger than that. He needs to get officially scored. I don't know if we did that correctly, but you said he's just a, he's a mainframe eight though. Yeah, he is a mainframe eight. Yep, mainframe eight. Not real wide. I think his his width measurement was like fifteen. Um, but his mass. I mean, he's just, he's got gnarly mass, and he's a beautiful mount. Matthew shot that deer like October fourth or fifth, and he didn't. He still got a summer coat. Oh my goodness! I mean, that mount. Is amazing. It's beautiful. Great. Day. I like those those early October bucks. They have that smooth summer coat. It's just it's gorgeous. Yeah. I don't I don't have a single early October deer, so they're all rough. Really? Yeah. No, I've never shot one in early October. I mean, I guess the earliest I've ever shot a buck was October seventeenth, I think, and that was this this year. Really? So yeah, he's all roughed up by then. Yeah, yeah. I've been running around a little bit, getting frisky. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I need to quit using the the term giant. Uh, everyone makes my wife is even started making fun of me because I'll shoot. A, I shot a hundred twenty inch buck on public this year. I was like, I just shot a giant. Everything's well, that, a giant to me. That first one you killed, that gnarly looking buck. Yeah, that's a giant to me. That's a public land. That's public land, wasn't it? On? So no, the the gnarly one wasn't on public. The okay. other one was on public. Okay, that was a stud though. The the second one was on public. That was a stud. But that first gnarly buck you killed, that was cool. I like deer like that. I like those. Oh, me too. Deer. That's cool. Yeah, I was debating like which one of these should I mount, and I was like, I think I'm gonna mount my public buck and just European mount the gnarly one. And uh, everyone was like, No, dude. He's like, You're never gonna shoot a buck like that again. I was like, That's yeah. true. I've never. Yeah. He literally is just like a unicorn buck. He's that. He's got like I guess you call it a G2. It was a 16 inch long G2, and then he's got like a right angle handlebar on that one side. Yeah, that was nuts. I thought that was cool. I, I wonder. I I had my taxidermist pull his jaw. I said he was seven and a half plus no kidding. yeah really? wow that's cool so yeah I, like I, like that. I was pretty happy with him yeah you know, i was i always want to shoot a high scoring deer but uh i can't i can't pass up a mature buck like no, that no yeah i can't either no it's hard i can't let a five six year old deer walk in front of me there's no way that's that's what i sell to do you know that's what we want to shoot, shoot a mature deer you want to test yourself against the the smart deer so yeah i'm right there with you yeah, my my philosophy is like 
if they've if they've made it five and a half plus, they they deserve me putting a tag on them and being happy yeah. with them, regardless of score. Even though you want to do both, why not do both if you can? Yeah, and um, a, lot, you know, a lot of times it comes hand in hand. You know that older deer will have that score, so that's a that's a thing to you know, be excited about too. Letting those younger ones walk. I'm always running to get running into these mature ones that uh, don't have the giant. Right, I, dude. I'm I'm a merciful hunter though. I, I have to I have to take them out of the herd. You know for yeah. The, the Somebody's got to eat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't spend fifteen hundred bucks on a bow for nothing. Right there, you go. Yeah, and all that equipment, all that gas, and all that sweat e- equity. Yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, for people that want to connect with you, want to connect with out on a limb, uh, where can where can everybody do that? Man, we are. I'm on Instagram, uh, just Chase Stalker at or Chase Stalker on Instagram, and then we as a company, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, YouTube. We're on Instagram. Um, we're always doing a lot of sales, doing a lot of promotions. Right now, we're in a promotion. Actually, um, if you go on and buy our new sticker, it's just it's our logo with the American flag in the background. I think it's nine bucks. If you go buy our sticker, that puts you into a drawing this Friday for five hundred dollars store credit, and you can buy as many stickers as you want. Um, pretty cool deal. Five hundred dollars store credit. That's that's basically a setup. I mean, that'll get you in the tree and ready to saddle hunt without a saddle. So. Um, we do that. Um, Matt does a lot of live videos. I'm sure you see that. Uh, a lot of putting stuff together, a lot of machining. You see a lot of behind the scenes. Sometimes you get to see your product being made right in front of you. So um, on Facebook, we're Add On Land Manufacturing LLC. And I think it's the same thing on Instagram, Add On Land Manufacturing. Yeah, I tell people that are listening to you guys are really active on Facebook. Seems like Matt's going live on Facebook pretty yeah. much every day. Yeah, he talking about that. products, doing yeah. questions. So, yeah. you guys that order from Out on a Limb have any questions? I think Facebook's probably one of the best ways to yep. to reach you guys. Definitely, most most definitely. Well, Chase, thanks for jumping on with me, man. We'll uh, yeah, man. we'll do it again sometime. And uh, I, I had fun. I'll let you. I'll let you get home at uh, eight thirty tonight. <laughs> just just a man. just a quick day. Yeah, it was nice to meet you. I haven't, I haven't met you in person yet, so it's nice to it's nice to virtually meet you. Hopefully, we can shake hands one day. Yeah, of course, man. That sounds good. Hey guys, appreciate the listen to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. 